there was going to be a significant decrease in the ownership of cars, that people will be checking out cars like you do books at the library. He, he fully believes that. He's seen enough to, to see that coming. And a lot of that is very heavily dependent upon technology and transportation. The knowledge of our people plus their understanding of the importance of service have really, uh, have really put us in a good position. Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. So today we're sitting down with uh, with Bo, who uh, currently heads up our our civil transportation or horizontal group. So so let's start with uh, with uh, just a little background on, on how you ended up at SSR, your path here. It's long and windy, uh, <laughs> and 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 really dependent upon relationships and I, I, I graduated from Rhodes College in Memphis it was Southwestern at the time with a business degree I went to work for my dad in the leather business he was a wholesaler to boot manufacturers around the country and so I worked for him for a year and a half traveling the country peddling leather and working in wow. the factory and all that and we had a good a good customer in Memphis big big uh, wholesale house and they wanted to get into the white weight shoe repair business Back in the early 80s, that was a trend. A lot of European companies were coming over into malls and doing white weight shoe repair, which was pretty different for yeah. the U.S. Yeah. And um, so they had a, an interest in, in getting into that business. And so I quit my dad's business and went to work for a Belgian company in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I learned how to repair shoes in one summer, white weight shoe repair and worked for them for about four months and then went back to memphis and and we opened up our first while you wait shoe repair shop in the mall of memphis which is no longer there and i did that for 10 years i, I, I actually went out on my own i had four shops at one time uh, one in memphis and three here in nashville my wife was pregnant with our first child and she was at about seven months and i came home one day and said i'm, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to sell these shops and go back to school. So while I was at MTSU, we had a friend uh, who had been married to a high school friend of mine. And she was dating this guy. And we went out on a double date one night. And uh, it happened to be Rob Barrett. And I remember we went over to her house one day and I looked up on the roof and there's Barrett cleaning out her gutters. And I thought... That poor guy, he didn't have a chance. He's, <laughs> he's, he's deep into this. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, they got married. But anyway, he said, well, while we were uh, <clears throat> out to dinner that night, he, he said, well, why don't you, I'm an engineer, why don't you come by and, and visit us and look around the firm? And I said, that'd be great. So I, you know, I had really, I knew I wanted to be an engineer, but had not been to many firms. And so, I did. I went over to the West End office and, and uh, visited him one day, and I, I walked into his office, and I didn't know he was CEO. And I sat down in his office, and I went, damn, this is, engineers have nice offices. I think I could do this. <laughs> and uh, 
You didn't notice the rest of us sitting out there in the cubicles? He didn't and let me in back there. Well, hardwood doors for desks and all that stuff like I, that? I think he did finally give me a tour. But, yeah. Uh, he said, listen, if, you know, if, uh, I, had, I had stopped working at the shoe shops at that point, and they were in the process of selling them. And uh, he said, won't you come to work here for, you know, part-time while you're in school? And I thought, well, yeah, that'd be great, have a little grocery money. So I did that, and I started working part-time, probably 10 hours a week, and going to school full-time. And then when I transferred over to Vanderbilt, it was sweet because school was a, a walking distance yeah. from the office. So yeah. I would come to work uh, in the morning and uh, work a little bit. Then I'd go off to class and come back to work in the afternoon. And it was really cool to be taking engineering classes and working at a firm at the same time, which was all new to me. But I had all these periodicals. I could write papers like nobody's business. I could just pull out articles, and, I mean, it was pretty easy. And um, I worked for John Ross. He had no idea who I was. And I was working for one of his designers, just sort of picking up a little work here and there where I could. Mm -hmm. Worked for Gene Spires, running loads on, on buildings and whatever whatever there was to do, I did. And when I had been at Vanderbilt for uh, a, about a year, I wanted, I was a civil engineering student, and so I had made friends with the uh, civil engineers down on the seventh floor. And I'd go down there a lot to see what they were working on and if I could help them do anything. And finally, I walked into Steve Lane's office, who was leading the civil group at that time. And Steve at that time was a very intense person. He, he has softened a good bit in the years since. He but, has? <laughs> yeah. And no, uh, no doubt. And... Um, I walked in and sort of half in his office, half outside the office. I had met him before. I said, Steve, Bo Butler, I'm a student working part-time. I said, I said, you don't care if I come down here and work for you all part-time, do you? He looked up. I think he shook his head or said something that I took as a, a positive answer. And so <laughs> I went up and got my pencil and moved down to the seventh floor and, and uh, been working in the civil group ever since. So when you when you first came in, then what what did the structure or the breadth of the horizontal group look like at that point? It wasn't really the horizontal group at that time, but no. what what uh, it was, what was civil around? environmental, strictly yeah. water wastewater. Okay. Um, didn't have structural engineering. We always hired that out to a sub mm -hmm. consultant, usually Jack Hughes, who had a, a small shop himself. And uh, talk a little bit about the. The technology changes that are going on in the transportation world that we're seeing out there. Technology in transportation takes many different faces, many different uh, forms. Uh, one is in smart roads, which involves uh, cameras, sensors in, in roadways that talk back to sensors in cars, all, all to try to improve traffic flow, uh, safety. Uh, and I think it's it's the direction transportation's going, but it's really expensive. Uh, TDOT uh, led a contract last year, two years ago, for a smart corridor between Nashville and Murfreesboro on I-24. It's been being designed now. Uh, we have the contract for some of the CE&I inspection work during for construction of this uh, smart infrastructure. And there's so many people involved from, uh, you know, controls type people mm -hmm. uh, integrating that type of, of data into 
a single system that can be used to, you know, count traffic and and predict uh, peak flows of traffic and and try to find ways to smooth it out and reroute and uh, there's just a, a, a lot of, of uh, data that's being generated from this. So you can imagine a state uh, like Florida, the uh, state of Florida has a camera on every single mile of interstate highway, statewide. And that's the first step in smart transportation. Uh, they will follow that up, I'm sure, with, with smart roads, with sensors and that type of thing like I'm talking about. Uh, and we're trying to position ourselves uh, from the inspection standpoint first uh, to be a part of that because there's yeah. going to be a lot of money spent there is in the next 10 years is transportation I think is going to change a lot um, the the previous uh, commissioner of transportation at Tennessee uh, felt like within 10 years there was going to be a significant decrease in the ownership of cars that people will be checking out cars like you do books at the library. Yeah. He, he fully believes that. He's seen enough to, to see that coming. And a lot of that is very heavily dependent upon technology and transportation. Fun things that uh, groups doing or interesting things? That... Uh, interesting things to me now as the, the leader of the infrastructure group is the younger people that we have brought in. We have brought in such great young people to from EI level up into the engineering, you know, first five years of engineering, uh, much, a, a lot of leadership uh, uh, opportunities there for these, for these young folks. And I think what we talk about in our leadership meetings is creating opportunities for young people to, to um, you know, have more responsibility and, and, and really begin to take a, a meaningful role in leading the, the business into the next few years yeah. and I think we have such a great group of people I think they're they're ready to do that and we just need to be able to supply them these opportunities and uh, so I'm excited about the future of SSR I, th I think we've done a great job building a base of, of uh, colleagues that can can run with the ball and we just need to be able to hand it off yeah well said I agree you know, and you look back at the things that we did when we were in our mid twenties. I mean, you know, Clay was Clay was just in here talking about that as well. And, yeah. and uh, twenty seven is when he went to Houston and yeah. helped open the office. You know, um, twenty seven years old. Yeah, quite the step. So um, I think John Russell's probably pretty pretty close to the same. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we, we've we've got to we've got to take a chance take some risk and, and I really think there's very little risk in it because I think we've done yeah. very well hiring and bringing on colleagues that are smart and responsible and and uh, enthusiastic about what they do yeah my experience is they exceed what you think absolutely every time so yeah, yeah. all right well thanks for coming in and sure talking and sharing with us, us a little bit appreciate sure. the history and the look forward absolutely yeah. thanks we're sitting here today with Jim Seckel, who's now the, the head of uh, our operational side for our commissioning group. Is that fair? That's a fair statement. Okay, okay, good. And so, um, so Jim is not going to be tough. 
there might be some tough questions later. But okay. Not tough. <laughs> hit it. Hit it. All right. So, so first thing I wanted to just kind of hit on is, is you know, your background, where you came from, how you got here, what's, uh, you know, what's your story? Sure, Mike. I got uh, hired by SSR in 2001, and uh, my initial position was in our sports uh, team at the time mm -hmm. as a construction administrator, and I think uh, a couple reasons I was hired for that position. Uh, previous to that, I came from a, uh, working for a general contractor, a small general contractor right. uh, called King Construction from Louisville, Kentucky, and we were primarily focused on government construction, VA construction. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was an Army officer, so I served five years in the Army, got out as captain. I was a Corps of Engineers officer and primarily involved in troop positions and stationed in some interesting places like Alaska and the Republic of the Marshall Islands and in Texas before I got out. Nice, nice. A little bit, a little bit kind of like my background, so. Yes, <laughs> I yes, was Air very Force, much. But, but similar in a way, and I had three duty stations and about seven years in. So. Right. Yeah, I ended up in Hawaii, though, so, you know, pretty good. Kind of like your Marshall Garden Islands, spot. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. So um, so that was when you came, 2001? Yes. Right? Yep. Yes. That's right. Yeah, so it was, that wasn't long after I, I got here, and, and uh, at the time, it was right about the time that I took over the sports team, I think. So. That's right. You were my second boss yeah. at SSR. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And you went on to such great things after that. Well, you know, and a lot of that was, was uh, I think some of the advice you gave me was uh, when commissioning came up and I had the opportunity to move over to that business when it was just starting up. I think you encouraged me to do that. You told me there was a lot of, there would be a lot of opportunities uh, for me in that, uh, in yeah. that type of work. And you look like a genius now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get lucky. No, I think it, I think it had, had more to do with, you know, your personality and your skill set and, and those things and, and looking at what commissioning does um, and that's probably a good topic is what does what is commissioning right I think we, we talk about it a lot like everybody understands what commissioning is and uh, we have different parts of commissioning now and, and the commissioning group now is, is really broken up and we've you know integrated it into the overall vertical business unit but um, but what you know? Maybe maybe it's a good place to start. What is what is commissioning, and, and what are the pieces that we do now? That's it's a great question. I think there's a, a couple ways I like to explain it. One is there's a great book definition, which says that uh, commissioning is a process that ensures that projects are designed, installed, functionally tested, and can be operated and maintained in accordance with the design. Design intent or design requirements. Mm -hmm. um, that's the book definition. What I'd like to simplify it a lot of times and just say commissioning is just quality assurance in the in a building construction process. And so we're involved in a lot of different areas. We're involved in kind of where the business started, new building commissioning. Uh, we're involved in building and closure work now. Uh, we're involved in existing building commissioning. And uh, we're involved in kind of what was originally another offshoot of commissioning type work, and that's sustainability and sustainability consulting, energy consulting. And so the, the business has really diverged from where we started uh, back there in the early 2000s. Yeah, and, that, and that's uh, interesting because back in the early 2000s, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I go back 35 years, you know, total. And, 
and and early on it was you know that was part of what we did in the business was was commissioning I me mean, i remember early days being on on sites and doing some of that functional testing and then that kind of got my mind got squeezed out of our fees and we quit doing it and then come along 10 years later commissioning kind of rises out of the ashes sure, and says hey sure. you know the owners saw the need for it and then I think uh, it was propelled along by the lead certification and the requirement for commissioning and the reason they did it was because it was a need to make sure the buildings ran ran well absolutely yeah. lead was a tremendous uh, tremendous push in the commissioning business mm -hmm. um, early in the 2000s and I think that coupled with with another thing, rising energy costs. Mm -hmm. And I think the third thing was, as you described, is, is that work had previously been done by the design team and it gradually got squeezed out of their scope of work. And then it, at some point, build, building owners started to get kind of sick and tired of being sick yeah. and tired and not, um, not wondering what they were getting um, at that point. Yeah, and I, and I remember there were there were those clients, and then there were the other ones that were. I thought I was already paying for that. Was right, the common right. a common theme back then, right? We had to work our way through that and explain how the that the level of testing and quality assurance was just you know much higher with the with the commissioning group, and that was uh, and that was the start of it really. And, and at the time, it was it was a tough sell, and we were I think I would say we were early adopters at it. We were one of the first groups out of the gate would you agree with that we absolutely were and i think uh i'd liken it and i've talked about this before but we were merging onto the road doing 25 miles an hour when the business was doing 25 miles an hour and so we we got a chance to come in and in a way influence some things in the industry i think to some mm -hmm. degree mm -hmm. but we got a chance to get into the industry when the industry was starting up and, and i see there's lots of competition now but there are mm -hmm. firms now are kind of trying to merge into the the road going 25 miles an hour when the rest of the traffic is going 70. Mm. and um, so we had we had the advantage of getting in building up our resume building up our experience and um, and i think that's really propelled us to a lot more growth here in the last 10 years yeah. yeah, I think uh, you know. Some when I think about differentiators too, that, that um, I've always felt like there's the, and I don't know how else to say it. There's the test and balance kind of commissioning guys, and then there's the guys that really look at the functional testing and, and understand the facilities. And I think that's where we we separated ourselves in a way. And and we had people that were technicians. We had engineers that designed the facilities. We had a little bit of all those things. We didn't just have a group of test and balance guys showing up to do a functional test on a, on a pump or a, an air handler. Right. I think in a lot of respects, when, when we say we're a quality assurance agency and, and we're going to be evaluating a, a, what is often a very experienced designer's work or mm -hmm. a, a constructor's work or a controls contractor's work, that the people we send out there in order to evaluate their work have to be generally at least as competent as they are. So I think you're exactly right. I think the investment we made in hiring very experienced people really put us in good stead in the industry. And I think, you know, we're a lot of repeat work is kind of how we've sustained uh, our growth and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think the knowledge of our people plus their understanding of the importance of service have really, uh, have really put us in a good position. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.